Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, everybody. I've missed chatting with you. I feel like it's been 17 years since we've done a recording. (laughs) Well, they probably heard from us last week, so it's not that different for them. It's not been 17 years for you. Luckily, how sad would that be? We have lots to go over today. I'm really excited. So by now, hopefully, you have downloaded the free ebook that we made a couple weeks ago. We, like, our mission... My like unspoken mission is to make ebooks sexy again. (laughs) So we did. Oh yeah. And it's beautiful. It's seven unconventional ways to get booked out. Ten unconventional ways. Ten now. Yeah. There's so many ways. It's amazing. You read it. You loved it. You tried some of the strategies. And today we're gonna kind of share with you our mishaps and trying strategies to grow our own businesses. Because I think what happens. It's two things. Well, before you go on, if they didn't get the ebook, they need to grab it, right? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So if you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you, can, ebook? you can get the ebook at bossproject.com slash ebook. And it's going to have the ways that specifically work in 2019. Yep. Yep. And you're going to get it and you're going to get booked out and you're going to love it. And you're, you're going to send us a, a funfetti of fruit baskets. All right. <laughs> to thank us. <laughs> okay. So what I think is happening are two things, right? One, we start a business based out of whatever reason, right? You get laid off, you have kids at home and you want to have an identity to yourself again. You can't find another job that you like. You hate your current job, whatever it is, right? We all start this for a variety of reasons. Um, And then we all say, kind of, like what we want that business to do for us. Want to be our own boss. We want to make our own schedule, whatever it is for you. Um, And we know that, but then what we end up doing are strategies that completely don't give us the things that we said that we want. For real. (laughs) And we wake up, right? And you've heard this, right? I work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 or, you know, I haven't had a vacation, but I'm my own boss living the dream. And it's kind of become this like funny jab to just be like, oh, well, how hard are you working to make this dream a reality? Yeah, me too. Or I haven't slept or I work on my laptop on the beach and vacation and almost braggy, right? Where it's like, you have to be willing to do anything and not just hustle, but like literally willing to do anything and everything in order to make your business work. And what we have found is that not only is that not true, 
but it is the number one leading cause of burnout, of hospitalizations from panic attacks, of hating your business, of hating your clients, of thinking that you can't do this. Yeah. And that sucks. Have you ever been in the hospital for a panic attack? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Unrelated to business, but yes. (laughs) Me too. Mm -hmm. So fun when you think you're dying and you're Uh actually not at all dying. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny when like the tiniest of feather drops on the pile of shit that is in your life and causes you to go into complete overwhelm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Been there. Been there. But I think the, the problem is that when we've decided that we're willing to do anything to make it work in order to avoid whatever it is we're trying to avoid. Because it it's usually, I feel like most people don't start a business because they just want to start a business. There's usually a to avoid XYZ or because of XYZ. Even if it's like, It could potentially be positive, but I feel like almost always they're avoiding some sort of negative thing to create this. But the reasons we start it, like Emily is saying, we want it to do all of these things, but we sacrifice like so much that like, even if we were to make those things happen, we still feel like shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like that sucks. Yeah. And not only sacrificing, because that happened, that's a huge part of it. But we sit here and we say, I'm starting this business so I can, you know, be the one to take my kid to school and pick them up. So I can say yes to field trips. So I can, you know, go get my nails done in the middle of a Tuesday and not have to stress about it. So I can have a long weekend without checking my inbox. Like we have all of these big dreamy things that we want our business to help us accomplish. And then we convince ourselves that, Okay, I want that eventually, but that means I have to sacrifice all of those things for months and years until I am ready to finally take those breaks or take those opportunities that being my own boss affords me. And so we are saying yes to every strategy that we think is going to help us get somewhere. We're saying yes to projects or clients or opportunities that we shouldn't be saying yes to because we are so conditioned and have convinced ourselves that it's going to be one of those things. It has to be one of those things that's going to unlock the success of our business. Right. And I think it's interesting that you say that. So we just read, and you're going to have to tell me the name because I already forgot, Mike Michalowicz's book. Which one did we just read? Clockwork. Clockwork. Well, because I really enjoyed Clockwork, I started going backwards and like listening or reading his other books. And so I was listening to Profit First and there's this whole section, take or leave if you completely agree or disagree with that book. It's besides the point. But he specifically talks about that so many people are setting themselves up to maybe someday see the things they want? Yeah. And what if instead you guaranteed you got those things now instead yeah. of later? And yeah, it's the same it's saying. the same concept. He's talking about it specifically with profit, but we're saying it can be literally every aspect. Everything. So like if you want to set your own schedule, why are you waiting to set your own schedule? Set your own schedule now. Just you have to communicate. Mm-hmm. Like that's one example. Right. If you want to go get a pedicure in the middle of a Tuesday, 
go do that. Like, just go do that. There, I feel like there's so much about waiting for permission in small business ownership oh. and being your own boss when it comes to anything, right? Waiting for permission to pay yourself. Waiting for permission to take that long weekend, to take the vacation, to upgrade the computer, to have a dedicated home office, to whatever it is, right? I'll be ready when. Well, and then people start making themselves feel guilty about actually doing it. Yeah. So like this girl, so the, I think it was, it doesn't matter when it was. We asked recently in our booked out creative group, which PS, if you're not in and you're a service-based business owner, please join. It's uh, bossproject.com slash apply. Booked. 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 It's slash booked. Oh my gosh. URLs. It's crazy lately. But we asked if you had $1,000, what would you do with it? And she said, well, I actually just spent $1,000 on a new computer and I'm not sure I should have. And I was like, what? I wanted to shake her and like, and she was like, she was justifying all of these things. And I was like, you made a decision. And like, I don't want you, especially when you're investing in something to like turn around and like give it this like negative connotation. Like I shouldn't have yeah, done this. I should have done all happens. of these. Things. Every time you sit down at that computer, if you're regretting it or thinking you shouldn't have done it, the only work that's going to come out of that is bad juju stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like, for me, when so Emily and I love desktops, like they they changed my life when I started working from home. But my laptop gave me a leash on life that I mean, I joked about the laptop lifestyle. A leash, what? a what leash on life, a leash. A leash? On life? <laughs> I walked my dog this morning. I'm just confused. <laughs> a new lease on life. A new lease on life. For real though, like these things can be freeing, but if we turn around and like do the things we say we want to do and then regret them, like that's, that's shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to share and Abby will share her own as well. I want to share an example with you. And, and this is maybe a little bit extreme. It's true, but maybe a little extreme because if, unless you haven't met me, I am the definition of extra when it comes to um, going all in on something. That's why I love her. Have you met me? Like Enneagram threes, where are you? You know what I mean? Okay. So my specific point of this entire conversation is this. When I graduated college and I walked away from graduate school two weeks before classes started because I was having a mid-20s crisis, <laughs> what am I going to do the, with the first of many? The first of a lot of many, many. <laughs> I would need someone else's fingers and toes to help me count those. This was maybe not even the first, but one of them. <laughs> It was a significant one. It was a significant one because what it caused me to do was move five hours from my college town back home. I moved in with my Nana actually in her guest bedroom because I I truly didn't know what to do with my life. I left my boyfriend at the time in my college town. He's now my husband and was just like, got to go see uh, finding myself. So moved in with family, (laughs) started working part-time at a bakery because that's what I had been doing through college. And truly, truly did not know, you know, that to answer to the question of what do you want to be doing the rest of your life? Right. And I had grown up with a family. Do any of us know that? 
do I don't even know that now, <laughs> but you convince yourself at that stage that you have to know that in right. order to do something, right? And so I was in that stage. A lot of us have been in. I was broke. I was deferring my student loan payments. I was living with family. And so I decided on some level, okay, I, I feel like because I know me as a person and because I don't truly know what I want to do, that I'm going to have to make it, right? And that's fine. I can start my own business. I had a lot of support in that. I came from a family that was like, heck yeah, like do your own thing. We're here to help you. Sounds great. Do whatever. Almost to my detriment because everyone supports literally everything that comes out of my mouth. Hashtag only child. So I said, okay, I, I want, here, here are the things that I want. I want to be my own boss. I want to set my own schedule. I want to make a shit ton of money. And I want to like be known for doing something, right? Like on some level, we all want that. And so the obvious answer at the time, which sounds like we can definitely make fun of it and it didn't turn out, but I was doing what I knew how to do. I was doing my MVP, right? I went from having worked at a bakery for four years and obviously started my own gourmet cupcake line. And so yeah. I, I was doing the thing that was just a shoot off from what I already knew how to do. The problem was, is that, you know, it's super expensive to do that. And like I just said, I, I literally go all in with everything that I ever do. So I asked for a KitchenAid mixer as a late graduation present from my grandpa. I bought all the best cupcake recipe books and tried new recipes. I got the bags and the pipes and the pans and the caring things and nice business cards in my LLC. Like, I mean, I was like it. I was in it. I was super official. I was legit. The only thing I didn't have was my food handler's permit, but that's neither here nor there. I found a kitchen to bake stuff in. I even like, I sold some stuff and I was like taking, I remember like s'mores cupcakes to birthday parties and filling cupcakes in, in baskets that my family would give for their end of year clients. Like I ha I was doing it but I hated it. <laughs> I had to work under the cover of darkness because I couldn't be there during restaurant hours. I had to work around like the head baker who came in at like three in the morning because we were sharing the same mixer stand and all of the materials. I kept all of my supplies outside in a shed at my Nana's house. Like it just wasn't ideal. And I realized like about a thousand dollars later that I actually hated making cupcakes. I liked eating them and I liked working in a bakery that sometimes made cupcakes, but I didn't like that being my life. And so all of a sudden I woke up and I wasted literally all this money. I guarantee you, I still have stacks of like cupcake divider cardboard trays in my Nana's shed. I came across my old business card a while ago. Like it was just wild. And so within like three months, I scrapped it. Yeah. Whoops. Want to learn exactly step-by-step step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. 
When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I think I was really hesitant to officially, officially start another business, I did so many things like kind of, sort of, because I was like scared to take myself seriously. I always knew that I wanted to be my own boss, that I wanted to set my own schedule, that I wanted to work from home, that I wanted to make an impact, that I wanted to like be in charge. Like every time I worked for someone else, I was like, I need, I need a promotion like (laughs) yesterday because I was never high enough up. And I thought everyone above me was stupid. (laughs) Not always, but a lot. And I thought as a very naive, young 20-something that I could do it better than they could. Always. <laughs> yeah. So I'll never forget because I really felt like this was a defining moment of my life. I had been interning like an agency. My background was in graphic design. And I was like, man, like this is just going to be my life. Like I interned there. I can, I convinced, I don't know what I mean by convinced, but that's what I thought at the time. I convinced my boss to give me a full-time job following graduation. And I was set, right? Like I had a job, my now husband, but at the time, boyfriend was in grad school and I could stay in the same city and everything was golden. I was only there, you know, like after graduation, maybe four, 
months, like through the summertime. And my boss one day was like, you know, I mean, this just happens. We just don't have enough work. And like, we're going to have to let you go. And I was pissed. I was like, how dare he? <laughs> like, he's in control of how much work we have around here. And the fact that he didn't work hard enough that I could keep my job is ridiculous. I felt so entitled. It was it was a mess. And I went into this, like, Great Depression. I've been depressed pretty significantly on and off. I mean, most of my adult life. And this time it was really bad. I had no work. I was laid off and I was in like a small town. Like I was in my college town still and I really was only staying for the boy. (laughs) And so that meant my options for employment were limited if I wanted to stay in my own field to like five places, maybe, if that. I remember sitting on my couch, literally binge eating every day. This couch sucked, by the way. It was like my aunt's couch that had been sitting in her basement for a decade. Like that's the level of comfort I was sitting Moist couch, just permanently. Gross. No, it wasn't quite that bad. (laughs) But I was so broke that I was desperate. Like... Not only was I willing to do anything, but everything. And it got to the point where I was secret shopping for a company so that I could eat because they would kid. (laughs) So they would pay for my meals. So I would have like I secret shopped McDonald's. And so you'd go in and you'd have breakfast, but then you'd have to also go through the drive-thru. And so I would save that as another meal. So you did work harder. I secret shopped for Toys R Us to try to get them caught selling mature video games to kids under 17. Because I'm I'm not that dumb. I got food. (laughs) I made cash though. Yeah. And... I sold my plasma to make rent because I literally was out of money. I straight up my my parents, I mean, did what they could, but they couldn't afford to support me anymore. And my mom felt so guilty that she would like sneak and buy grocery gift cards and mail them to me in the mail because dad didn't want her sending me cash because... I didn't have a job and I had to figure it out, right? I had finished school. Like it was my turn to figure my shit out. And I like that experience in contrast to the second time I got laid (laughs) off was like night and day. Like, yeah. Well, and same with me where you guys might think that the right business was started after my failed cupcake business. But it wasn't. It took me one more try to get there. But similarly to how you felt so different your second time when you when you got laid off, which we'll talk about here in a second, led to so many things for both of us, was kind of the same thing from my second business. So I realized that, okay, if this is something I really want to do, and I actually do want to be my own boss, and I want to set my own schedule, I don't want to be working at 3 a.m. when no one else is at the restaurant... I want to do something I actually like, and I need something that's cheaper to scale than having to buy all of these supplies and all of this just stuff. And so I think at that time, now that I'm literally remembering this, this is so funny, like regressed memories coming up. I remember making a trip back because this was still the summer that I had graduated college. And I had 
I think a summer class. So my, like my student ID was extended longer than like normally when you graduate in the May, I graduated in the spring and then I still had to finish up one class. So I went back to Columbia and was able to use my student ID discount to buy a new laptop because I didn't have one. And so I got like a MacBook Pro, everything nice because you can get it on such an insane discount. And I straight up charged that to my bursar account, like did not pay for it up front. Definitely still paying for that laptop later with all those student loans. But I was like, okay, I like I have to make something happen. So I went back and got that, came back home. And that's when I started... I think if you don't, if you don't do this, are you even a creative? I started an Etsy <laughs> shop. <laughs> so, oh, me too. Yeah. I did that yeah. girl selling graphic design templates that look like absolute garbage in a trash can. But like, right. Is the is the rite of passage for so many creatives. Everyone must start an Etsy Everyone, shop. It's required. And uh, suck and at suck it. Suck at it. Yeah. And so I did that. Right. And then Luckily, it it took me just a couple of weeks or months to realize, okay, I, I can do this and it's fun for me to do. That's not the problem. But like scaling a $15 download or a $3 iPhone wallpaper, Girl, it's, hard. it's hard. hard, right? Okay, so now really I need to learn marketing and selling and growth and strategy and whatever. And then the question was, do I want to do it with graphic design or do I want to do it with something else? And so that was when I shifted back to photography, which had been like my lifeblood for so long. It's what I actually have a degree in. I've had, I was practically born with a camera in my hand. That's what she's actually what good I'm at, actually by the way. Good at. So <laughs> I just switched very small changes, right? And was like, oh, okay, this is way more sustainable. This is way cheaper to scale, but I need something that's a higher package, a higher service. So I don't have to sell 10,000s of something in order to make the money that I want to make. Yeah. I had to, I had to get to the moment in time where I was willing to go all in because I I'm sure many of you have been like this in the past where if whatever you're trying to create is just a thing over here that doesn't really have to do anything for you it just won't do anything for you. So, I mean, I did plenty of things that were, you know, kitschy and in the moment and timely and whatever. Like I had a, I had an Etsy shop. I made these leather headbands that looked like flowers. I like melted records in the oven to make bowls. I, collected wine corks from every bar in town to make cork boards but that wasn't i wasn't any good at it like garbage stuff it it looked cheap it looked i don't know my leather hand headbands were okay like i could have maybe done something with that but it was just not a good plan. Like it was, and I didn't ever put any like real energy into it. It was like a play business. Like, let me play pretend that I'm running a business and build all these things and like get all this stuff to like organize it. Cause like, let's be honest, the boxes and the, and the business cards and everything else is way more fun. And it really took, like I said, getting to that point where I got laid off again, I have, you know, I like to do things on repeat. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds like my life. This time, that lesson once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <to> go <laughs> that twice. 
I mean, who has to you? I feel like that happens to a lot of people, oh, though. Yeah. Like you, you're like, oh, I learned my lesson. Let me try that exact no. same thing again. <laughs> no. Yeah, I definitely thought it would be different. I mean, you work for a small company and you run the risk. And so that's what I did. I worked for a startup and they laid off the entire marketing department at once. A fell swoop, like literally three months into working there. Yeah, who needs marketing to run a business? Nobody, (laughs) right? That was sarcastic. You guys couldn't see our faces. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can't see our faces because it's literally just audio everywhere. So I was like, you know, this time, this time has to be different. Like the dream I had in my head of what I wanted, like non-negotiable, it had to happen because I wasn't willing to sacrifice anymore. Like the sacrifice to just like spend all my play money on supplies, like was no longer. I couldn't defer my payments anymore. I had to get my shit together. I don't know how I kept paying that. I was like... You know, I'm the the rule follower. So I'm like, well, I started working and so I have to keep paying. So my savings just kept going down and down and down. I think at one point I was at $17. Oh, yeah. That was like in my checking account with no savings, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't learn how to save until I was like 30. (laughs) Please. Oh, no. I was... It didn't take me quite that long. But I was... I needed that kick. Like this has to work come hell or yeah. high water. And this time I wasn't willing to give up so much. Like I'm like, I'm now married. I have a house. Yeah. I want to have a life. So like if I'm going to be my own boss, I do want to set my own schedule. I do want to work from home and I do want to make an impact, but I don't want to give up all these other things to make it happen. And the cool part is like it worked. It worked finally. <laughs> yeah. I was I was in that same stage of desperation and no matter where you are in your life and what your exact circumstances look like, I think the feeling is very similar, right? You know, I got the letter that I couldn't defer anymore. My boyfriend at the time, now husband, literally quit his job in Colombia and cuz he missed me so much and moved back and I was like, "Great, what are we going to do?" Of course now? he did. We got an apartment that was super expensive. And I mean, it wasn't, but like we had no money. So I think it was like $900 a month. But when you're used to living in a college town with roommates and your rent is like $200 a month, like it's expensive. So he got a job cause he's that type of person and worked and I was like figuring my shit out. But then somehow I convinced us to buy a house and then get married like six months after we bought the house. And so it was just like, who wears pants? Yeah. <laughs> big expense after big expense after big expense. Because I'm, like I said, extra and I go all in immediately. You will marry me. We will buy this we'll house. We'll do these things. Yep. Oh, and I started a blog about the house, obviously, thinking that I could be this like lifestyle home blogger. I was like, here's her house. I, I, I still miss that house. house. I know. We did like, you know, the, what you call it, the wooden door for countertop tutorials. And I painted my brick and like all this stuff. It was so beautiful and great. But I, at that point, I think, you know, in my head, I had, in reality, I had support. My partner was amazing. My family was amazing. But in my head, I was like, okay, I can like maybe do something with this blog, but that's going to take forever. And also be like maybe short, small amounts of money. Same thing with the Etsy shop. 
But by picking up my camera and like truly taking that seriously, it just took me a couple of sessions of making $75 before I was like, okay, this is the thing that's scalable that if I learn a little bit about selling and marketing and really paying attention to what I can do here, I feel like I can make this something big. And it was those decisions that not only got that business profitable really quickly and working with like five high five figure dream clients, but it also got me in a space to educate and to meet you and to do really big things. Yeah, I I think so many people convince themselves that like all the other types of businesses sound more fun, but they really are way more complicated. Like likely there is a service in you somewhere. <laughs> like there is something you can offer and you can charge way more for it than if you were delivering a printable on Etsy. Nothing against no, those, by the way. Like I, I you, buy them. I'm not knocking it. Right. But if you're needing no. to bring in consistent income over $7 per month, it's time to get serious. And I'm not like, again, not saying that you can't eventually have that. We know multiple six figures Etsy shop owners. That's not specifically what we're talking about here. I think that there is so many people who see those end results of businesses who think, okay, I need an Etsy shop or I need a course or I need to be doing webinars and I need to have this opt-in and I need to be over here. And I think because we had made so many mistakes leading up to the finality of, you know, where we got until we were quote unquote successful, I think we were able to filter out a lot of that noise because we were to a point where we were so focused and so determined that that is the thing that had to work. So we leaned into the things that were showing us immediate results. Yeah. Well, if you were to really think about it, I, I'm sure a lot of you listening already run a service-based business, but like, why did you pick it in the first place? Like, what was it that you were hoping to accomplish? What are the things that you wanted to be able to do that you don't want to make negotiable anymore? Because yeah. I, I just don't want you to live that lifestyle. Like, you do not have to be broke and desperate. Or work your ass off. <laughs> no. And you don't have to do it with like all this other stuff. Like, and we'll get into that. But, you know, like it can be simple. It doesn't have to take a million hours a week to operate. And you can make a good living this way. Yeah. So I hope this insight into our start (laughs) kind of gave you a little bit of clarity on the weeds behind, right? The, the weeds behind the flowers. I don't know how this thing goes. <laughs> that, you know, everyone starts somewhere and people's circumstances for starting are often very similar to your own. And the end result that you see today is not, not where we started or what we started with. And so I really want to encourage you to really, truly think about why are you running the business that you run? Literally why? For what purpose? What do you want it to be doing for you? And of the things that you want it to be doing for you, how can you make some of those things happen today, right now? And then if you stay tuned later this week, we're going to have part two of this little conversation, kind of uncovering some of the mistakes that so many, so many, nay, 
every service-based business owner goes through when they're trying to be profitable from their passion and trying to scale their business. Um, so we're going to break those down for you and talk about talk about a little bit about what to do instead. All right. So stay tuned this week. It's going to be good stuff from us. And we'll chat with you guys later. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.